This is Chad Harrison, and you're listening to Hope Alive, applying God's word to your daily life. Hi, this is Chad Harrison, and I am the teaching pastor of Lake Community Church and have been serving as a pastor for 25 years. I'm also a practicing attorney. This podcast is designed to help you study God's word and find God's will for your life. I pray in the name of Jesus right now that God would open up his word to you and allow you to see him and to know him and to know his will, that you might glorify him and that you might walk in faith and power each and every day, especially today in Jesus name. Good morning. Welcome to Lake Community Church's morning Bible study. We're in Exodus chapter uh, 25. Uh, well, on this Wednesday edition of Morning Bible Study, we're, we're uh, Exodus chapter 25, looking forward to spending uh, the next two days dealing with the with the lampstand. And I'm going to tell you that this passage right here is very rich with symbolism. And so I'm going to just start just showing it to you, just throwing it out there, letting you see it, letting you look at it, letting you consider it and think about it, because a lot of the symbolism that goes along with this lampstand is so important as far as your understanding of how to relate to the Holy Spirit and who the Holy Spirit is and what the Holy Spirit's doing. Remember, the lampstand is the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, revealing to us the Son. And so that that is that is the work of the Holy Spirit. The work of the Holy Spirit is to unveil God to us, unveil Jesus, unveil the Father and His work and His will. That's what the Holy Spirit does in our heart. When we're uh, born again, He communes with our new spirit that He has given birth to. That's why we're born again. And then those two, the Holy Spirit and our, our spirit, help our soul to begin to that journey of faith, that journey walk where we where we begin to be sanctified. We 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 slowly begin to choose and understand and walk in and know and live by and struggle with, remember struggle with God's will. And and we battle against our flesh and we battle against powers and principalities. There's spiritual warfare that goes on. There's physical struggle that goes on. And then there's just worldly influences which deal with our soul also that go on, and it's just a big old battle. I'm thinking about tonight we'll be going through, we'll be starting in Daniel chapter 10, and uh, we've got three more chapters. We're really all about one vision, and it is just really powerful. We're going, I know I would say to you next few weeks, but it may be next several weeks, we'll be in that book and the symbolism of Daniel seeing God for the first time and God really in control is powerful, just like these visions. And just like these, this scripture, it gives us a, a lot of understanding of what is going on as it were behind the scenes, because it really is behind the scenes. It is not, it's not something that is readily physically understandable. It must be understood by the spirit. And so when we're studying through this passage Boy, it is really important to understand that we walk by the Spirit and that that unveils to us or allows us to understand and see the reality of what God is doing in the world around us and what is actually going on that influence everything that goes on, but we just oftentimes don't see it. And so we've got this, we've got this lamp. Uh, it is a menorah. Uh, it's what we would call a menorah nowadays from Hanukkah. 
and uh, it's got a lot of things on it. Uh, in verse 32, I want you to remind you that there, there's one post in the middle, which kind of symbolizes it symbolizes the Holy God himself. God is one. And so you've got that one post right there in the middle. And then out of it, you've got these three branches or these three posts that come out of it. And they bend. They come out from the side of it and they bend up. And even in that, you have numbers. And number one always represents God. And so you have one in the middle. <clears throat> and then as a part of God's plan, as a part of God's revealing his will and his way to us, revealing it to Jesus, you have those three on each side, and that's six, and six is always the number of man. It's the day which man was made. It is the picture of God revealing to us his plan by the Spirit. So we're intimately involved in this. We're actually symbolized in the primary symbol of the Holy Spirit in the tabernacle. We're. It's almost like we're, we are intricately entwined with the Holy Spirit. And if you're born again, you are. I, I can't I can't emphasize that too much. Do you not know your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit? That's what Paul asked us. Do you don't you know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit? That right there is we're right intertwined with him. There's no way to get around it. We're it's we're, that's what we're doing. We're tight. We're the Holy Spirit in his work with us is it's one-on-one hand-to-hand combat. He's right there in there with us. It's not God way up in heaven sending his edicts down. It's not It's not some mythical hero of Jesus going to the cross for our sins. Although God is sitting in heaven and although Jesus did go to the cross for our sins, it's personal, it's intimate, it's right there with us. And how do I know? The Holy Spirit's right there. Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit? So our body is a temple. And if it's temple, it's a Jewish temple because that's the temple God told them to build. And if it's a Jewish temple, it's symbolic of the tabernacle. So when I'm studying the tabernacle, I'm studying something that's right there that's close to me. I want you to notice that not only is it personal, not only is it intimate, he says three cups shaped like almond flowers with buds and blossoms are to be on one branch. And then it says, and then it says three on the next branch and the same for all six branches extending from the lampstand. So you've got the singular right there in the middle, the singular Holy Spirit and God represented. You've got man intricately right there with them. And then on every one of the branches, there are three. Now, remember, all this is one piece, too. And that's another symbol of how we're God's right there in the midst of it. He's not far off. He's intimate. He's right there in the middle of it. And remember, all these things are formed and fashioned out of one piece of metal, one piece of gold. This whole lampstand is being formed. And each one of them have an almond flower. And you go, what is an almond flower? There's some interesting things about almonds. I don't know if you know them, but they have milk in them. Not really. I I can't figure that out. Not really, but you can buy almond milk at the store. I I don't know how they get that out of that almond. But anyway, almonds are really important in Scripture because, first of all, the word almond means to watch or to be vigilant. And the almond is 
intimately tied just in linguistics, just in the word, it's intimately tied to the all-watching, all-powerful, all-knowing God, and he is watchful of us. He's not just intimately involved and we're all tied together and he is he's intimately at work. He's intimately watching, meaning, meaning he knows exactly what's going on with you. He's not surprised by anything. And notice, it's three on each one, and three is always the number of the Trinity. It's always the number of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And the work of the Holy Spirit in this sanctuary, in this temple of ours, is the work of all of God, of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, all three persons of the Godhead, all three ways God reveals himself to us through his will, through his physical presence, through his power in his spirit, all those things are right there. And so each branch, notice, not just one, not just the middle one, each branch has three almond flowers. And notice, it's not just almonds, it's almond flowers. Uh, almond is the fruit of the flower. It's the fruit of, of the watchfulness. It's not the fruit of the flower. It's the fruit, fruit of the tree. But it also is, it also is, it's a picture of God intimately being right on top there in, in, in beauty. It's beautiful. It's not something that's a servile activity. It, it is beautiful. This, is, this menorah was gorgeous. It's a gorgeous piece of art. One piece of metal made into a lampstand with all these intricate designs and designed perfectly to represent God and what he's doing by the lamp and by the oil of the spirit. And so you've got the three, you've got the three almond flowers, also with almonds. And I think this is very neat. I'm just giving you some, all the different symbolism that can be there. One of the problems they're having in California, by the way, is that they're having issues with water. And one of the issues that has really developed pretty heavy out there, and it's a big fight actually, is they're rationing water to people so that they can give water to uh, these giant almond farms. And interestingly enough, of all the foods that you can make uh, either in a tree or with a plant, vegetables or nuts, uh, of all those things that come out of the ground, uh, almond is one of the most water-intensive plants that there is. It's actually a tree, but that tree sucks up mega amounts of water, and <clears throat> California doesn't have a lot of water, and they need the water for the cities, and you've got out in the country, you've got these giant, you've got these giant plantations of almonds, almond trees that are just sucking the water up like you would not believe. I, I think that is a fabulous symbol, too. Not only do you have the beauty of God's watchfulness, not only do you have the uh, enormity of his watchfulness. Notice all three, there's three flowers on all seven branches. By the way, seven, when you add six to one, giving you just more symbolism, because as you're going through it, it's just chock full of it. Seven and one, six and one, meaning God and man bring about perfection. If you said, who is the God-man, that would be Jesus. So in some ways, even the Holy Spirit, his symbol in the tabernacle is a picture of Christ. Jesus is God in the middle and man on the uh, outside. Literally, even though it's not, you can't separate the two, meaning that Jesus' flesh wasn't God and he was God on the inside. You can't do that. But 
symbolically, as far as the lampstand, it, it's a clear picture of Jesus. It's a clear picture of God and man intertwined into one piece, one piece, notice, not separated, but one piece. It appears as the appearance of a man, and yet it is God also, and that's Jesus. And so you even have that picture. But you're getting back to the almond. The almonds are a beautiful work of God. They are the beautiful watchfulness of God. So this menorah, this this symbol of the Holy Spirit and his work, revealing the showbread, Jesus, the bread of life. As you're studying it and you're thinking about it, the water is important too, because what is the what's the first work of the Holy Spirit that he does with us? He cleanses us. He cleans us. He washes us clean. And let me tell you something. For those of us who, who have struggled with sin our whole life, the older we get, the more we realize how much the struggle really was. You realize that God's been doing a lot of washing. And I, I deal with people. I talked to a, a man in our church yesterday. He is, he's been down the road for sure, but he is he's really excited about what God's doing and God's doing in his life and revealing to him in his life. And he said, if you told me 20 years ago, I'd be doing what I'm doing right now. I told you, you're crazy. And all in that, all those, that time period, God was washing and cleansing and making and building and growing and making things new in his life. And it, it is a beautiful work of the Holy Spirit to reveal the Son. It's a beautiful symbol of the Holy Spirit. If the almond is the watchfulness of God, if the flower is the beauty of that watchfulness, then the uh, methodology by which we're washed is by the water of the Holy Spirit. We're washed and cleaned. Not only does the Holy Spirit shine light on Jesus, reveal to us Jesus, open our hearts and our minds up to see Jesus, but the Holy Spirit in the process as we come to know Jesus is cleansing us by the water. It says on one lampstand, there are to be four cups shaped like almond flowers with buds and blossoms. On one bud shall be under the first pair of branches extending from the lampstand and on the second bud under the second pair and a third bud under the third pair, six branches in all. The best way for me to tell you, I can't, it's hard for me to describe it in words as I'm sitting here, just Google it. Google the, the lamp in the tabernacle or the temple in Jerusalem and you'll get, there's thousands of pictures that come up and you'll get a, a kind of an understanding of how uh, all those symbols that we're getting here in chapters, uh, in verses 34, 35, 36, you'll get an idea of how, well, how intricate the design was and beautiful it really was. It's a pretty big piece of furniture, okay? It's not huge, but the table it sits on is about the size of the, it's the same size as the table for the showbread and it was a big lamp. It would have really filled the room with light and it would have really it would have really been impressive for a one piece of gold to make all those things and so it says the buds and branches shall all be of one piece with the lampstand hammered out of pure gold and as i think about all the symbolism that comes with this and then this morning i was doing a little bit of prep just in my own mind about tonight and all the symbolism that's going on in daniel chapter 10 I just, I am amazed at how easy and with just a few words, God can reveal so much to us about his work. And who's doing that revealing? God is the one that wills it. The son, Jesus, is the one who is the manifestation of it. But the one who reveals it is the lampstand. We're a temple of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit, the lampstand, is unveiling all of this to us in our minds 
and in ways that, and I'm going to tell you, the more you study God's word, the more you spend time allowing God's word to be taught to you, and sure, it's by human voices, and allowing God's word to sink into you as you read it yourself. You read it, you soak it in, you allow the people who are gifted with the by the Spirit to teach and to preach, to, to unveil things to you, to say things to you, and then all that's going on, and the Holy Spirit is the one who's guiding the whole process, and he's taking parts of what you might be taught over here, and this thing that you, you realized when you were reading God's word, or maybe even listening to a praise song that's quoting God's word. And all of a sudden, these things just start melding together and they start tying together. And for it's an intricate cloth. It's an intricate design of God. He is just totally and completely, well, revealing Him, him himself to us. And so as all this is going on and all this is happening in our lives, the Holy Spirit is the one who's He's been sent. Jesus said, it's necessary that I go so that the paraclete, the counselor, might come. And he is a good counselor, I'm going to tell you. The more you study, the more it just comes alive in your heart and in your mind. And the more powerful it becomes for you. And the more clear life come, becomes for you. And the clarity of what the Holy Spirit is doing in your heart is unimaginable, but you got to give him the fuel to do it. If you if there's no bread out there, what's he revealing to you? I mean, what can the Holy Spirit reveal to you if you don't eat from the bread of life? Nothing. <clears throat> he can't reveal to. He's not gonna. He can reveal to you that God exists in the universe. He can show you the wonders of His creation. I guess if you're sitting in a boat and you're not really getting God's word, but you're seeing the wonder of God's creation, I guess you can be revealed that God is the creator of the universe. That's that's not something special to know. That's clearly seen in what he made. That's what Romans chapter 1 says. There's far more to it. And uh, oftentimes we want to spend our time not in God's word or not with God's people. Uh, and you got to do both. You can't do one. Uh, oftentimes people say, I'm just going to study it myself. I, I, I'm not going to do that. Well, God clearly indicates in his word, that is not his design. That is not the way he's made it to be. And his design is for his people to meet together and meet with him. And so you can't miss any of that. And when you start trying to do it your own way, you're not doing it God's way. You're not doing it the way the spirit's revealing it to you. And you lim limit your re revelation. And oftentimes your revelation can become very myopic and very, very centered on yourself. And if you're not careful, it can lead to you actually worshiping yourself rather than worshiping God. And I, I don't say that to be mean or, or, or hateful or anything like that. I say that to be as a warning to be careful uh, that you're not leading yourself down a primrose path rather than allowing the Holy Spirit to reveal God to you in the way God has revealed himself in his word. And so um, make sure you're studying God's word. Make sure you're taking it regularly. Make sure that you're meeting with God's people so that God can begin to use you and teach you how to walk by faith in that context. And then make sure that you are the light that God has made you to be to the world that we live in. And when you do those things, all things tend to just come together.
As you go today, I pray that the Lord will bless you and keep you, that he'll make his face to shine upon you, and that he will give you hope and peace today in Jesus' name.